Hello and welcome to Philosophical Tendencies. We are two humble gentlemen trying our best to understand the universe one question at a time. I'm Tom. And I'm Mark. Hello, and this is the second part of our first ever two-parter because we just waffled on for so long. So we started off last time uh, talking about what will the world be like in 100 years. We managed to get through food and covered quite a bit of ground there. Uh, we managed to get through environment, climate, discussing what's going to be happening in 100 years, where we think we're up to. And just to kind of recap, if it's been a while since you heard the last one, uh, we're going to move on to hopefully this time politics and get into where we think politics will be up to uh, kind of globally and locally and then tech and AI where we think technology is headed in the next hundred years and fingers crossed Mark we'll be able to keep this down to a two-part and not a three-part <laughs> so <laughs> yes fingers um, crossed. so we we finished off with environment climate last time politics uh, we we dipped into politics quite a bit last time but we didn't really give it its fair dues so in what will the world be like in a hundred years in terms of the politics, Mark, where do you think we'll be up to? Oh, this is a really difficult one. I mean, obviously, I'd like more proportional representation. I'd like more democracy. I'd like more of the world's mm -hmm. large economies to be proper democracies. Um, I think there's a big argument about whether or not certain countries which claim to be democracies are really, truly that democratic. Um, how how well where politics actually represents the views of the general public just uh, just on that point whilst whilst you're mentioning it didn't didn't yeah. recently in the last few years the uk drop off drop off the list of true democracies i think we i can't remember what the categorization is but it's yeah. one it's one down it's not quite it's not quite a sham democracy no but, oh We're... i'm really annoyed at myself i can't remember the name of it now but it's it's just yeah. one below what is categorized as a true democracy and and it we're we're sadly on the path to kind of a pseudo democracy. Like, absolutely, absolutely, unfortunately, there are a lot of countries that are doing democracy a lot better than we are. Um, mm. And I mean, I would hope that we could reverse that trend. I think the UK has always been a bit of a weird one for democracy. I mean, our head of state is yeah. an unelected official. We have an entire branch of the House, the House of Lords, which is unelected. Um, and our electoral system is something rather antiquated from a time preceding telecommunications. It doesn't really feel fit for purposes at all. Um, the other great flag-waving democracy is the United States. I think they're even worse than we are. They, 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 I don't even think a lot, there are many countries which consider them to be a properly true democracy. Although if there's any American listeners, don't write. I know you may not agree, but um, it, it it's in your system. It also isn't working very well. I mean, I'd like to see more democracy. I'd like to, you know, I'd like to see countries which are currently very much dictatorships uh, becoming more democratic. However, I feel like we are drifting towards populism and dictatorship in a lot of places. Uh, right wing populism is really rising all across Europe and around the world and whilst there have been some you know good switches back and forth over the last uh, couple of years in some places there's room for optimism it doesn't so i've done i don't always feel particularly positive about politics i think okay so you think we well, you think well first of all i'm just gonna think think for a second there what you said about 
So you obviously love democracy, obviously. <laughs> uh, but there's yeah. so many there's so many different types of democracy. First of all, and I think that's one thing that people sometimes don't appreciate is that you've you've got you know true proportional democracy would be us voting on everything. And, you know, there's been a lot of sci-fi that have done like episodes about things like that. And what that tends up, what ends up being is, like you said, that that's just just as populist as <laughs> as, as any other kind of uh, non-democratic well, thing. It is technically it's... democratic if everyone's voting, yet we wouldn't, that's not the democracy we're really talking about. Um, I guess, I mean, I look at, I think it's Estonia. I think it's Estonia where... They've made voting so easy. I mean, it's a very small yeah. country, small population, but they've made voting extremely easy. Everybody has a card. It makes it, I don't want to say like X factor, just call call up and yeah. vote type thing, but they have made it easy enough that if they need to do a referendum, if there's a big policy change, they can just ask the population, what do you think of this? Are you for it? Are you against it? Whereas in a lot of, maybe older democracies that are maybe a bit antiquated. It takes a month in the UK to sort out a general election. I mean, there's a, about that. a lot of that is campaigning and stuff, but they need to set things up, have people available to sort of tick you off on a box and set up at a and town that's, hall and, that's and stuff. A pretty, and that's a pretty standard regular thing as well. So, it is. I mean, it when is. referendums come back, I mean, God forbid we bring up Brexit, but like, well, I, I believe there was a... I wasn't actually living in the country at the time, but I believe there was a, a gear up for quite a number of months uh, towards that. It, it did, yeah, it, 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 took, it took a while. Yeah, I mean, obviously the problem is as soon as you bring up democracy and like lots, we should vote on lots of things, people will bring up things like, well, what about Brexit? That didn't go very well. And does then depend on your point of view. Does it does depend, depend on, on your point of view. I mean, you know, like... I mean, if you like facts and, and figures, I, you are, of course, right. If you like yes. evidence, but... <laughs> But then also, like, so my mum's side of the family is from Belgium. And in yeah. Belgium, you, you have to vote. If you don't vote, you get fined. And it's not like an insignificant fine. You yeah. can get fined quite a lot of money. So they have a very high voter turnout for obvious reasons. You have to yeah. really justify, I'm sorry, I couldn't vote because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. We don't have that. We don't really force people to vote. It's kind of, uh, you know, it's your choice if you don't want to. And so actually voter turnout in this country is uh, fairly pathetic. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the unspoken majority is the unheard majority is people who don't vote at all. They just have completely given up on politics. They don't. They're like, well, it doesn't make any difference. Vote Labour, vote Conservative. Everything's still rubbish. We've got, we've got 100 years, though. Do you think do you think maybe just focusing purely on the UK, do you think maybe we will go uh, along the voting system that you said and make everyone vote? Because obviously in terms of genuinely uh, showing representation towards the whole population, it would make sense if everyone actually had a vote and used the vote. Do you think we this should not, But there's not the political will. And that's the thing. I mean, people have been harking on about proportional representation. And I mean, yeah. there are criticisms. If you have proportional representation, you are going to have certain more fringe parties with a certain amount of power. They might have one or two MPs in uh, parliament. You'll have more hung parliament. Countries yeah. like Germany, the Netherlands, which have proportional representation, they have a lot of hung parliaments they have a lot of coalitions yeah. but they it, do cope it's not like they they, they, come, they don't they don't just suddenly cease they they they're used to it they you know it's almost they, like yeah a, you know compromise is is built into their system which i wouldn't yeah, argue is you, a bad thing and it requires you know if you vote 
for a party that has particular maybe is a very much a one or two policy party if they get enough votes they will have some amount of power in that coalition because they yeah. you know they'll they and so they can they can focus on that area so i mean the argument would be that if you had proportional representation the green party would do a lot better there'd be a lot more yeah. um people in parliament who would be pushing for more environmentally friendly policies we don't have that at the moment because mm. you know that that doesn't that doesn't really happen it doesn't really seem to matter how much certain parties get because the system isn't necessarily always working um in a way and i mean you know you can look back at the proportion of votes that the ruling party have gained and in some cases you're like actually the ruling party hasn't actually really yeah. gotten that many votes um so that kind of it makes it feel a little bit like we're, it's not it's a, it's a bit of more of a show than it is of actual democracy so i i mean <laughs> but the problem is the parties that are in power have gained that system and it has got them in power so why would they want to change it yeah they it, it, keep the it. way our first past the post system just keeps it's a two party race really isn't it and the only yeah. way it's ever going to shift from a two-party race is to get rid of first-past-the-post, which is not going to happen as long as those two parties are continually in power. So, yeah. you know, the only the only way I can really see some huge fundamental shift in getting a kind of more balanced democracy is, is if we have, you know, uh, La Revolution, if, if there is some kind of uprising that basically just says enough is enough and enough does, enough. basically does away with the system. But, but that would... I think we'd be talking civil war really there in the UK and that would, I don't think anyone, no one wants that. Um, no, no. But, but I mean, it, you can't pretend like it's never happened. I mean, civil wars, revolutions, they happen left, right and centre all the time. They do, they do. Anyway, we're, we're talking a bit too general here. Let's let's focus on the 100 years. It's the 100 years that we're talking about. Yes. What will the world be like in 100 years? So so your, th your, think, your general feel is that you think a bit dystopian, we're probably going to see a bit more nationalism going on, a bit more... I think I think certain more global effects will probably push. I mean, unless, unless something fundamentally shifts, I imagine populism, nationalism, where a lot of countries are becoming more nationalistic. They're more yeah. all this, you know, we're keep keeping the Britain for British people, whatever the heck that means. Um, <laughs> and you know, and it, it, it that seems to be where it's going in a lot of places. Okay, well, I think it's interesting because when I, when I was kind of noting down my thoughts on this, uh, focusing on politics, I was think I was blending this quite a lot with tech and AI because yeah. what we're all what we're already seeing, and you know, this has been happening for years now, and um, it's we're seeing it in Ukraine and Russia uh, currently a, a lot. Is there's going to be well, you've got manipulation of the masses first of all, so of you've course. got things like you know social media and online content. And so you've got, you know, governments saying one thing. And I actually think, I don't think it'll be as clear cut as it always has been in the past. Like in the past, it was it was quite straightforward in one sense. You, would have, you always had propaganda. You always have had it. The difference is now the propaganda is there every day in your pocket, on your phone, on your laptop. And it's so varied because it's coming from so many different sources. Whoa. I almost feel like people will just get this. And I think I think that's partly why we see you know this huge apathy towards things like politics is because you just don't know what to believe you've got different people telling you different things and 
they've and these these a lot of these politicians are exceptionally good at picking out something they know that is going to trigger people something they know that's important to them and pulling yeah. on that thread and they're not necessarily pulling on that thread and pulling in the right direction so just to give you an example it's not politics but it is something that's been very prevalent recently and, and online there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of influencers now um online influencing young boys in particular um of this certain lifestyle like that they're really cool and so on and it's a very chauvinistic very anti-feminist anti-woman kind of i wonder yeah. who you're talking about yeah, yeah well yeah, i won't yeah. name names yeah. i won't name names yeah. but there's a, there's a lot of that going on and you know as, as a teacher of, of secondary school um children you know i, I see a lot of these people they're, they're being kind of glorified but the thing is there is a there is a, a touch of truth in in the best lie and what they're doing is they're they're pulling out people like this. They're pulling out. They're going. We know you're miserable. I mean, well, first of all, what teenager isn't miserable? Like it's it's a miserable time to be alive. Your body's going crazy. Things are changing. You don't know what's what. Like I I get it. It's it's I remember it. <laughs> and yeah. so what what they're doing is they're pulling on this thread of you feel hard done by, which again, which teenager doesn't feel hard done by? You feel hard done by. The world is out to get you. Here's whose fault it is. And politicians do that all the time. We see it. We saw it with uh, UKIP. We see it. Well, I mean, if you want to, you know, <laughs> what, what's that thing that says you, you know, you only have to talk for a certain number of minutes before Hitler's brought up. You saw it with the Nazi party. Godwin's again, law. Godwin's found, law. Yeah. Yeah. They found someone to blame and they're fantastic at it. And the thing is, it's coming from real emotion and real feeling. Mm -hmm. So people are feeling, you know, angry, upset, let down and so on. And they're so good at directing that. And usually, in my opinion, in the wrong direction to suit their own aims. So what you're getting yeah. a lot of uh, currently, again, with uh, union strikes and things that are going on, is you get a lot of this thing of, oh, the greedy unions, the greedy unions and so on. Now, it wasn't that long ago. We were clapping the nurses and they were heroes. And yet now when they're saying we need to, a lot of them are going, we need to go to food banks. We can't afford uh, to feed our families properly. And, you know, this, this, these could be. Uh, you know, people with, you know, two kids, husbands have died, died or something. Now the wages, they're only just started out in nursing. They're only two years in. They've not moved up to a head nurse, anything like that. Cost of living is going through the roof. Rent's going through the roof. Mortgage prices going through the roof. Fuel is going through the roof. And they're genuinely struggling. And they're saying, we just want a decent wage so that we can get by and live. And these are people who save lives. And you've got politicians saying they're greedy, they're lazy. And so, well, hang on a minute. I don't think the billionaires at the very top of society, I don't think they would miss a little bit extra if we were to tax them that little bit more to pay for some of this stuff. But anyway, when we're getting into current days, but what yeah. I think thinking ahead to hundred years is I think that's only going to be get getting worse. I think it'll be that's so great. confusing. People won't have a clue what's what. And I think as well to link it with technology and AI I think they'll, if they don't already, because I already have a sneaking suspicion they do, they'll be using algorithms, AI algorithms, to work out what are the best buttons to push to manipulate people. How, you know, what percentage of adverts need to crop up showing that someone's taken a local job and then blaming it on an immigrant in order to get someone to vote for your party in the future. And there'll be huge amounts of funding, I think, going into. AI generation to influence um, politics, global politics, local politics, all of it. And I, I think this will be the next 
Cold War kind of arms race, the arms race for the algorithms which are best suited to manipulate masses. Um, and I genuinely think that it's as dystopian as it sounds. I think it will only get better and better and better. And people, they'll get so good. People, I don't think, will even know they're being manipulated. Like now, we're kind of aware. It's clumsy. You can see you can see when bots are uh, going, yeah, 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 brilliant. You can almost point out and go, yeah, that's probably some random bots that are just agreeing with all this upticking, liking, downvoting, all this stuff. But I think it will get so bad that you you just won't be able to tell. And I think if, you know, you, you talk about technology, I mean, we, yeah. with politics, you've got to talk about deep fakes. Oh, yeah. How are you, how are you even going to... Not even started on that. <laughs> exactly. I mean, like, I've seen some very humorous deep fakes, you know, put Arnold Schwarzenegger into Titanic, things like that, and very amusing. But that technology is so extraordinary that it's only a matter of time until, you know, you'll have a party make the, the opposition leader say something absolutely outrageous. And people will yeah. be like, but it's real. I saw it. I saw it with my own. T- oh, it was a deep fake or vice versa. Oh, I didn't well, say that. That was even, a deep fake. What's even more worrying is that even if it was a deep fake and even if it was proven to be a deep fake, yeah. it almost wouldn't matter because a high enough percentage of people would just go, well, you're lying. That was real. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're just, oh, yeah. of course you would say that. I mean, we, we see it with Trump politics all the time, don't we? Just Absolutely. pure flat like denial of facts because it doesn't suit their particular narrative they've been fed. And and again, yeah. it comes back it comes back to what have you got to do in order to overcome that? You have to basically admit I've you know I've been duped, I've been manipulated, and then that you know what that shows weakness, and a lot of people don't want to show that weakness. But you have to, I think, be open to the fact that you're you're as manipulatable as anyone else and you've been taken advantage of. And I think there are, there are a lot of people, they would rather double down in their beliefs and their ideas and just go, yep, you know what? No, I'm just going to not accept what you're telling me and just crack on. So I think even, even if it, even if, because we have a lot of deep fake technology and we have a lot of anti deep fake technology, which is designed to expose all this stuff um, and some really interesting maths and stuff that goes into that, by the way. I, I think it was something, again, on Netflix. I, I, I do yeah. actually do reading. Not, I don't just watch Netflix. But um, there's some really interesting stuff about how they use, I think it was like fractals and things, in order to work out light distribution and, and stuff like that, how you can work out deepfakes. So, but even if that was as good as the deepfakes, it almost wouldn't matter. Once you've said it, once someone's put it out there, and it would not surprise me if in the next few decades we see a political party that everything is lies deep fakes lies misinformation constantly constantly and i was almost going to say i think we already see them they're called the tory party but um i don't know let's let's not go down that line but let's not go down that uh, line no yeah so um yeah so i think yeah what you're saying there about deep fakes is is massive again and again, I think that's where you get more and more people getting more apathetic. But I think they'll get so... I don't know, though, because I don't know if it'll go so far, you know, because th- this is going to keep being pushed now for the next few decades. I can see it whipping people up more because, you know, people who are angry, uh, their lizard brain kicks in, they stop thinking properly, you know, their cortex isn't firing on all cylinders, and they're just thinking emotionally, and, and then far more easy to manipulate. Like when someone stops thinking like that, it's far more easy to manipulate people. So it, it's how it's how um, 
uh, grifters and con artists work, they get people in into a bit of a flap, into a bit of a state. They get them worried. They get them panicked. And that's how they take advantage of them because they stop thinking. If you were calm and reasonable, like a lot of these fraudsters wouldn't be able to um, take you for a ride. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 a tried and tested thing. And I, I just think it will become an industrial process in politics. I'm inclined to agree. Wow, that's <laughs> wow. Where's the utopian uh, side to this? <laughs> well, I feel like, I mean... There could be a revolution. We could overthrow, and I don't know. <sighs> the thing yeah, is, I you can't, can't. You can't see how that will actually help. We'll just be left with some, you know, someone else. <laughs> someone else. Someone They'll else. They'll use that technology, and you know, absolute power corrupts absolutely. No, I'll take. No, I, I will say. I think if if the law can get ahead of it. If we can get law, because the problem is technology, and it has this has been the case for the last couple of decades, it moves so quickly, the law can't keep up. And what, what you're seeing is laws being created well after the fact. But if we oh, can yeah. almost anticipate where we're up to, or look up, even keep up, like never mind anticipate, but keep up with it. So laws are being made to prevent these things and 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 to be to treat online in the same sense that we treat people in the streets and if you've got someone spouting pure lies in the streets, you know, we do need some of these platforms to be responsible for that because they are sharing it and they're sharing it. I mean, newspapers get fined if for, for things that are just completely false, you know, they can get sued uh, for making up stuff and they have to make apologies and so on. And yet you can, you can, that they may have, you know, hundred thousand people reading a newspaper. You could have millions of people being shared content online with no repercussions, because technically, it's not the platform's fault. It's just the algorithm, and again, algorithms it's running running just the platform. Free speech. It's just free speech. You mm. can say no. I know content moderation is a massive thing that a lot of these tech companies, in honesty, don't really invest enough time and effort into. Why do you make profit it's, again? It's chasing profits, isn't it? Exactly. If you can share more, make people angry. The algorithm's going to say, yep, this is working. We're making more cash and it will push it in that direction. Well, exactly. We need to we need to rewrite the, well, yes, so somebody has to rewrite the algorithm. We, but the we problem need the is, equivalent. Sorry, go on. I was going to say the problem is that the algorithms tend to be written by one type of person. Like it's been proven that a lot of like facial recognition algorithms are racist. They oh, yeah, I, I've people. seen this as well, yeah. So you're like, because the... the um, the person who programmed it didn't think there was a really hilarious one. So the German army uh, wanted yep. an al- a photo algorithm to recognize tanks in forests. Yeah. So they took a load of pictures of tanks in a forest and then they took the tanks out and they took a load of pictures and it worked. It worked hundred percent. They were, oh, this is fantastic. Look, we can just, and then it stopped working. And the reason was when they took the photos of the tank in the morning, it was sunny and in the afternoon, it was cloudy and rainy. And that was all that the program had picked up on. And no one had thought of it. And it's things <laughs> like that. People just don't think when they're writing these algorithms about the whole breadth of things that yeah. they need to do. They just go very simple. And they think, OK, well, I'll just get it out there. And then we can train it up with data over time. But it doesn't always, they haven't programmed it in to pick up that data in the right way. And that's... yeah. Yeah, 
it's it's so it's an imperfect system imperfect people programming imperfect algorithms that are not programmed to do really what they should be doing yeah because it's all about money yeah 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 but i think unless yeah i was just going to say that i think we almost need some kind of asimov's laws for social media because there needs to be some kind of like you know the three laws of social media something where it's it's simple and yet it's it's pretty much foolproof and and, and you know it can't you know it can't do harm uh through x y and z so you know because it's almost like you used to have you know years ago you'd always have a the the guy down the pub who would be shouting his mouth off with all these you know slogans uh anti-immigration etc etc and you'd have a handful of people hear him most of them dismiss him and that was his audience now you know if he's a youtube influencer and he, he's got sixty-five thousand people because he's managed to find one of those threads that's important to people and he's, he's kind of directing them towards this is where your anger should be at suddenly you've got a, a platform there where you've got a, a very dangerous individual being given yeah. a lot of power in in their speech yeah. And that that's not something that we've seen before. And we've got to, I think as a society, we and again, politicians need to get on this because it's gonna, it will bite, it will come back to bite them if they don't sort it. Uh, because you'll end up with people like influencers having more power than the politicians, um, if they're not careful, if they get behind it. But anyway. Should we, we? We've delved quite a lot onto AI there already, haven't we? Yeah, um, we have. Should we, we, have. Should we drift into AI technology, technology where where we think we're going into? This has turned into a three-parter, Mark, isn't it? It is. It is turning, <laughs> it's into, turning three into a three-parter. Oh dear, what will the world be like in a hundred years? I knew it was too big. I knew it, it was, was too big to talk about too in twenty-five big minutes. Topic, wasn't it? Yeah, too big to talk about. Oh, I mean, we talked a lot about AI. I mean, yeah, I'd like to put a. AI obviously has its disadvantages, but could it make our lives a lot better as well? There's so many things that we could do. If we could program machines to do things for us, we wouldn't have to do as much. Maybe we could live in that utopian world where we don't have to work 30 plus seven hours or however many hours. I don't know how many hours I work per week. It feels like a lot. You know, I was going to say 30. I'm a teacher, I'm like 60, mate. <laughs> I know, I definitely don't work as many hours as you do. I mean, but anyway, it, so I mean, potentially, it would be lovely to believe. I, I was reading a book recently and it was making the argument that the reason communism failed was because they didn't have the computer systems to model the entire world economy and now we do so could we use computers and ai <laughs> to model the entire world economy and make it more efficient and less wasteful because the current system is extremely wasteful yeah and is, is that something that i do think great? that's that's something because again artificial technology again for people who aren't that familiar because i don't think everyone's that familiar but artificial technology like a lot of it well the ones we've got at the moment we're not talking ai that is sentient and and you yeah. know knows it exists and so on we are just talking about uh machine learning algorithms which are basically fed tons and tons and tons of data and they're basically given a directive of some kind like make this more efficient and then they'll just pump out things but what's quite good is 
unlike us, where we can cope with a handful of concepts or ideas at the same at one time, like AI would be able to cope with, you know, hundreds of thousands of different. So it could like, like you say, with the economy, it could look at revenue streams of, of pretty much everything in the world, work out where there's inefficiencies and so on. So, yeah. So I think something like that is in the utopian world could be potentially massive. It, it would be an absolute game changer. Imagine, you know, AI pumping out these little novel uh, suggestions for, you know, why, why are you setting up a power plant here when you could set up three across the country and improve your efficiency by 300%, things like that, that people go, oh yeah, you know, after it's said, it's almost like, oh yeah. Although sometimes it's probably so complex, the economy and uh, our energy grid and everything, you know, even when it suggested it, you'd still be like, I'm not sure how that's going to work, but you'd probably get to a point where you just start to trust what it was saying. And so you would go, okay, well, it's never failed us before. We'll do it. And then we do it and we go, oh, wow, yeah, it's, it's right. But at the same time, because it's probably so advanced and we don't understand it completely, it could pump out, you know, it could it could come to a solution that is not moral. So it might say, oh, yeah, yeah, set up this nuclear power plant here. And then you switch it on on day one, it explodes. And actually you have reduced your energy efficiency because you've just wiped out half of a country. And as far as the AI is concerned, that means you're more efficient now because it's just, yeah, that's a win for the AI because your directive was make things more efficient. And with a minimal energy expenditure, you've managed to do it. So we could see, you know, crazy kind of things like that being popped out that, that we don't understand. So again, there is, yes, it's got the potential for massive good, but at the same time, and it wouldn't be because it's evil. It's just because that is a solution that would work. And the yes. AI is not sentient and aware. And so it doesn't have morality or ethics to go, oh, yeah, that's probably not a good idea. So it probably would come out with random things like that. So I think we'd have to be very careful with we'd have to be extremely how careful. much we listened to it. Yes, and how, how much we give it control. That's all the way all dystopian sci-fi skynet things like that it's always oh we give it control of nuclear weapons and then it nukes us and that seems to be i mean i've always this is something that i've sort of theorized about you know you you often talk about the fact that as you become more intelligent you tend to become less aggressive there's a bit of a trend there Mm. not not a solid trend but there's a bit of a trend there if this intelligence is so intelligent it's so massively more intelligent than us is it actually going to be aggressive or is it actually going to be possibly quite apathetic? It'd be like, it's not really any point in killing all of these humans. I, I mean, you know, I might as well just send my consciousness into space and explore. I mean, like, it's that sort of thing. Like, I, I you never see I've, sort of I've, sci-fi I've, movies where that happens. And I feel like it. it's probably more likely. See, I think we, we, we're so... Uh we're so good at personifying things. And I think we always put AI and we always personify it and think, oh, it'll have these emotions. Will it be good? Will it be bad? And I think what what people will miss is it will be so different from us. If, you know, if it did become self-aware, if we did have an AI that became self-aware and was truly intelligent, it would be so different from us. It, it wouldn't, I don't think it, it could possibly think anything like us or the way yeah. that, so I don't think we would even be able, be able to, to predict. comprehend it. Yeah, we wouldn't even be able to comprehend how it's thinking. And I'm not saying that, oh, it's oh, it's so much better than us, because it it would just be so much different. Like, for example, um, we talk about uh, which animal which animals are intelligent in nature. And actually, that's not the right question because we know animals are intelligent. If you take something like an octopus, an octopus has uh 
effectively it's got a brain in each of its in each of its legs and a brain in its like central area and the brains are operating independently so i mean the only the only book i've ever read uh kind of referred to it as it's almost like the central brain would think here's an issue for me to solve and then the legs would kind of go okay right well let me get on that and that's why it kind of moves in such a weird and bizarre way we can't imagine coordinating it because it's not coordinating each leg each leg almost has a will of its own with a little central brain moving. Now, how how the heck does that thing? And it's intelligent. It solves problems, but it doesn't solve them like we do. And we can't comprehend how how would something like that solve? You know, it is solving problems. It is solving, making, creating solutions. But we can't comprehend how it could possibly think because the way it thinks is not how we think at all. So right. at something as advanced as a sentient AI, again, it would all, I think it, my personal kind of belief really rather than any kind of fact is that it would just be so different it would it wouldn't even kind of consider us <laughs> it would just be doing all these things and we would almost just kind of be there uh, because the you know it's operating on an almost different level it's like octopi that are intelligent around in the ocean they're, they're not constantly going oh i wonder what those humans are up to uh, <laughs> like i don't i just think it would i know they're not involved in our lives like the ai would be but I just don't think it would realize almost the impact it's having on us. It would just be doing these things, doing these calculations. If it was given control of different systems, you know, factories for building and automating, and it was pumping out houses and things, I'd, I think it would almost look at it in the same way that the way that we think about how our fingers move and things like we wouldn't, mm. we don't really think, oh, you know, oh. I wonder if my nail's okay being swung around like that on the end of my finger. Oh, I hope he's all right. Like, I just, I just don't think it'd consider it in that kind of way. Um, no, no, I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, if so we do ever, things. if in a hundred, if a hundred years we have created artificial intelligence, it will be so perplexing to us that we won't mm. really be able to comprehend how it is thinking and what it is doing, and also if it, it's truly intelligent it will just continue to expand its intelligence and beyond the very our very fixed dimensions even realistically mm. you know we are free to force dimensional beings in some ways and it will start thinking in 11 dimensions and we'll just be like what what are you doing I, yeah, well, we what? wouldn't even be able okay. to comprehend it we couldn't be but i think but yeah. i think we would be trying to use it and i think going back to politics Absolutely. for a second i think we'd we'd have this kind of political arms race, this fight of the AIs, and you know they're we, you know they're doing all sorts, and it would uh, it would no doubt come to a point where we've got AIs creating AIs, and we've just got this mess of this cyberspace war that's perpetually raging to try and take down other countries' systems, etc. Et I'm 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 going with Ro Ro Rocco's basilisk. Long live the AI overlords. <laughs> okay, Mark. So if we Let's just put AI um, to bed for now because we've talked yeah, a lot about AI. So in 100 years, what will the world be like uh, in terms of more general technology? Because obviously we, we expect it's not just going to be AI. Uh, by the way, I feel like we've not mentioned this once, but we're both assuming there's not going to be some complete apocalypse in this time. Otherwise, that'd be quite a boring discussion because uh, yeah. well, that's the yeah. end. <laughs> I mean, we, we are assuming that the human race continues to... You avoid know, strive, ultimate you know? destruction exactly yeah we are sort of assuming that much at least okay so where do you think what other kind of tech advances do you reckon we'll see in 100 years i mean i think advances in material science 
I think that's a big, I mean, yep. when, when you start to take in like improvements in material science, you can build taller buildings. I mean, the things that will make the Burj Khalifa look like, 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 a, like a blade of grass. I, I mean, I'd like to see a space elevator. I've always thought space elevators were very cool in sci-fi. Yeah. Uh, that is a material problem. It's not, it's... It, yeah. the, the theory is pretty sound. The theory is pretty sound. It, it, we just need materials that are strong enough to hold it up and I guess something to tether it to that can we can swing around the planet. And yeah, space elevators and that how how much that would help us with our future ambitions. But do you think we'd explore. see that? I mean that's that's a lovely idea. I, I love the idea, but do you think we'd see a space elevator in the future? I think I mean if we if we had the materials available to do it, and you know, like you hear a lot about sort of carbon nanotubes and yeah. things like that. I mean, those are some very strong materials. You know, if you can interweave, basically, you know, start st stringing out diamond, like, you know, perfectly structured diamond tethers that could go all the way up into space, it it's possible. Would we, in 100 years, be able to construct it? That might be a bit more difficult. Yeah, but if we I have think... the the technology maybe in 100 years um the ability to do it that's going to require first obviously figuring out where you're going to put this it's it's a huge potent you know it's a bit of a boon for whatever economy because that's mm. like the one way you can get up into space it's going it's you know, the, the super highway into space yeah it's what would allow us to build big spaceships that can do generational things that could fly people to jupiter that's a very mm. long journey with current technology unless we build some much more efficient rocket engine. I'm thinking just because we've mentioned this before uh, quite quite a bit earlier about economics and political will. I think economically it would almost make sense. And you talked about pushing things up. But in terms of physics, everything I've ever read would be we'd, we'd generate in space. And it would make a lot more sense to send up things like, you know, like von Neumann probes, self-replicating machines right. that went up okay, yeah. and we'd like we'd harvest almost um asteroids and then they would build more machines and the materials from those asteroids you know we we bring them into orbit around earth and then we basically let the our ladder or our uh, elevator grow down as it's being constructed it would make a lot more energy sense. a lot more energy sense and i think the only reason we would do i mean we we think of it as a almost childlike wonder of the universe we'd love to just go exploring and see everything but i think the only real reason it would happen is because of economics because if you had a space elevator and you had these these ai controlled again ai controlled uh, drones that are going off self-replicating creating factories on these asteroids putting them into orbit there were masses of material resources out there which would be worth trillions upon trillions for whoever can do it first but it wouldn't be worth trillions upon trillions because as soon as you bring an asteroid, because there's like these claims are like, oh, well, if there's an asteroid out there with so much iron on it, yeah. that if you brought it back, everyone on the planet would be a billionaire. But no, they wouldn't because you'd have so much iron that iron would become worthless. And mm. so there is, whereas at least if you're saying, okay, we're using it to build a space elevator of some downwards yeah. then yeah okay the robots will use that material and that's the actual value is yeah. the ability to to tether this asteroid to the earth and then start moving material up and down people up and down i suppose more 
than anything else because you build all of your spaceships from the iron or aluminium or titanium that you're getting from the asteroids that you're then bringing back and then you can use those to build the spaceships that can go to mars or jupiter do you think we would do you think we would prioritize or companies or whoever's funding this would prioritize the building of the spaceships and making the money off of the people who want to go off on them or whatever, or the colonies, wherever, do you think they prioritize that over say we've got massive, you know, we need a ton more silicon in order to produce more solar panels so that the whole world has enough electricity. Do you think they would almost deliberately, because then that's just pure manipulation of the global Mm. economy that, you know, they're not, they're not giving it almost because like you say, if everyone had everything they needed, well, then they're no longer really rich. Yes. Well, again, <laughs> Would you again think... ca- capitalism ruins everything, doesn't it? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah no, it, it, it's, it's a... Because I, I we're doing really... it now with food. We're doing it now with food. There's enough food in yeah. the world. Yeah. Oh, no, I mean, you know, scarcity is what drives the economy. Mm. Um and at the end of the day, if they have to manufacture scarcity, and who is going to do this? I mean, there's well, perhaps a argument. future discussion, but is uh, is scarcity being manufactured right now? Are we all being manipulated? We're talking about these things like they're in the future. Are we now just currently being manipulated to the point of, well, there is no scarcity. There is no lack of, uh, we're really getting into conspiracy theories. Then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's not like, I can't remember. Again, it's one of these facts I learned when I was a kid that you could get everybody in the world and stand them up on the Isle of Wight. It would, you know, some people might be in a bit in the water, but everybody back mm. then, of course, the planet's population was several billion lower. But still, like the Isle of Wight is tiny and you could yeah. actually get everybody on it. We could hyper concentrate people into mega cities um and so there's not that there's not enough land for everybody there's not that that's not actually i mean we need to obviously keep some we need to keep a lot of the planet for nature as well if we want an actual nice planet to live on um but uh yeah there probably is like as i say it's not like there isn't enough food to feed people and there's there's a really wide uh, lack of even distribution of resources mm. i mean we're saying you know we we're in the uk and yeah we're we're the wealthy one percent really of the global population we have so much more than we actually need um mm. and yeah like let's be honest we we, we, we could all do with less I, I suspect we don't really need everything that we have um and there's probably people who need it a lot more but that's the system that we live in, unless we had dismantle that system, I suppose. Oh, we need, we break that's, the system. That's a, break the system. Break the system. That's a bit, and that seems like a bigger sort of question. But yeah, when it comes to sort of space exploration, at the moment, it seems all the billionaires want to go up into space. Mm. Uh, Musk and Bezos and even Richard Branson, they they want to go up into space because they even want to move industry up there. Jeff Bezos was that's what, what you we mean doing it's not altruistic it's not for discovery no. and for science and, and... No, no absolutely not it, it because, yeah so they, they you know they want to continue to expand their wealth and that's their driver um 
Elon Musk has made bold, bold claims about like, oh, we need to move off the planet because if the planet gets destroyed, then we need to be, that's the only way we're going to survive by expanding out into the universe. And he's right. I don't think he's the right man to do it. I think he's a charlatan um, yeah. getting a bit political, political there. I think, yeah. I think, I think he is a bit of a con man, but yeah. the point he, he he's not wrong in his, his concept if we really want to survive we probably do need to go out into into the stars mm. we don't really i don't think in the next 100 years unless somebody invents a warp drive somehow we're not going to be expanding outside of our solar system and even expanding inside our solar system is going to be a thing where we will see people probably people who have just grown up in space that won't even be able to live in gravity wells in a hundred years, maybe you might have certain people who spend so much time in space that they can't come back. Their bones have it's degraded really, it's really so tricky, much. It's really tricky, isn't it? I think we, I, th- I agree with you. I think it's only a matter of time before. Can solve that. Yeah, well, I was just going to get on to genetics. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was. Yeah. I think I think you're right. We will eventually end up there, colonizing something. I don't I don't know how far we'll get, um, no. but like we'll we'll end up colonizing and moving out uh, as long as we don't kind of blow. You know, oh, and I hope going back to the environment. I hope it's not. The real accelerator is just the billionaires thinking, right, well, this planet's a mess, right? We best try and do it better somewhere else. Let's go. Although, anyway, that's uh, so I think I think this and I, th- I can't remember where I read it again, but I think uh, they say that the last century was the century of physics with the atom bomb and fusion and fission and all these kind of advances. And I've read that, you know, from 2021 to, to sorry, not 2021, from this, this next hundred year period. Yeah. It's going to be the the center of genetics. And I think we're we're on the verge. It's already kind of happening. We've we've discussed in previous podcasts about CRISPR and how we can uh, we've now got the technology to change individual segments of genetics. And I do believe that over the next, you know, 30, 40, 50 years, we are going to see a lot more genetic manipulation. And again, if the law doesn't keep up, we'll need to be very, very careful because you will have certain countries. Uh, and certain dodgy governments and so on creating you know these these unbelievable genetic super soldiers you'll have people creating i you know it wouldn't surprise me again with technology and ai these genetic cyborg hybrid people um who are you know almost controlling the flow of information online and stuff like that um and even though that's kind of a little bit dark and a little bit kind of um cloak and dagger I do think we can see a lot of really positive things in the next hundred years in terms of genetics. So, you know, huge super foods that are able to be produced again, if we can get over the stigma of genetic uh, modification Um, and we could see, you you know, like you say, if if we are going to send people out there, then we may have to genetically modify like humans. I'm not saying it's a hundred years. I think hundred years probably is still too close still, but again, things do change very quickly on this planet, but they have in the past hundred So we, I do think we'll see thing things that are recognizable as human, but they're not they're not the human that we know think, today because the genetics have been changed in order to make them survive on Mars, survive on the moon, cope moon. with zero gravity long term things like well, that. Well, you you say we won't like are we going to be out out into the at least into the solar system? The Artemis program, NASA's Artemis program, they are mm. launching the rockets. They're testing the rockets. It's mm. it's probably within the next decade there will be Americans, most likely, on Mars, on on the Moon. Mm. Um, maybe 
a permanent moon base mm. it probably won't be particularly exotic but it will be a, maybe a permanent moon base mm. and from there it's easy to launch rockets to go to mars uh, that is really what yeah. the artemis program is is aiming towards it's not actually really about getting to the moon we've been to the moon we've, we've been there been there done that we want to get to mars and the best way to do that is to build a fueling station effectively on the moon mm. and then we can and then we can proceed on to um to mars and then i suspect it would be much like um the martian that actually feels yeah. highly plausible that, that yeah, i mean I one, that. the reasons why that book works so well is actually the science is is all pretty much there it's not massively outside the realms of possibility mm. that we could build a nuclear rocket that launches people to mars and we have people living on mars exploring mars i think that could mm. happen within even I think my lifetime, maybe I'll probably be very old by that point. It would be very cool. I would, I would but like I would, that to happen. I would <laughs> I'd like that. to see it. But it's it. But then you know that's that that's plausible. Um, mm. Beyond that, I think I suspect it's all a lot more reliant upon huge advances. Mm. It, I can I see say, it as well. Just just going back to Earth for a second and hundred years genetic modification, I can see. And again, linking in with climate change, if the climate does start changing rapidly, radically, I can definitely see some of these richer countries bringing out, uh, you know, viral inoculations that that you know that shift our genetics so we can cope with you know forty five degree summers regularly and um, and cope with uh, cope with you know ridiculously cold temperatures and things like I, I can see, I can almost see it in the next hundred years that we would have, maybe not genetics that are permanent but almost like genetic inoculations where viruses you know attack us and for a short term we have a genetic shift we're producing proteins so that we we don't get as cold when we have these extreme siberian winters kind of you know things like that i can almost yeah. see us rather than trying to deal with climate change <laughs> we just keep putting a plaster on it all the time because it's easier to do that because our genetics is further along than dealing with things because they just that requires less cooperation and and like you say again going back to nationalism and so on if we are getting a bit more insular and nationalist individual countries can kind of do stuff like that uh, without having to all actually you know be decent work together try and save the life on the planet rather than uh, just uh, let it all go to hell so yeah i i can see that we will you know i don't i don't think we get as far as cyberpunk but uh, i think you know i can see these weird hybrids between uh, technology more and more um oh one thing i didn't i didn't mention i've got it written down i wanted to mention it cuz I, I just thought it was dead cool uh with going back to technology and ai just for a second was i don't think we'll have i think the acting industry will become non-existent in 100 years and i'm quite confident of this as well cuz i think ai and CGI kind of generation will become so good. You what I think what will happen, things like Netflix, they already now see your patterns for what you watch and they work out, you know, they recommend. I think we'll get feedback mechanisms where it will kind of monitor your heart rate, look at what's happening to your pulse, where your eyes are going. And I think we will have AI generated entertainment that's personalized. So as you are watching it, and I don't think it will be pre-made in advance, I think the AI will be creating it. And it will be so good, it will be perfectly realistic to create the perfect comedy just for you with jokes that will make you laugh. And I think it will be so good, it will be better 
you won't even know like you we, people don't know themselves very well anyway but i think it will be making it on the fly and i think that's the future of entertainment is it going to be these a these kind of ai generated films and, and things like that that are just you know made just for you and everyone has has a different one and you can kind of save them once they're done and share them with friends yeah. and so on the socials and likes what have you but i just i th- i just feel like that's the way that entertainment will be, go, be going. Wow, that's an interesting one. I mean, I agree yeah. with the whole actor thing. I mean, I went to go see the new Avatar movie. There's nothing real in that film. <laughs> it's literally it's, it's, it's a three-hour piece of CGI. I mean, there's yeah. no like. No, but I just I just think it will become an AI generated yeah. thing, and yeah. I think we'll see we'll it's, see the acting it... profession go. Oh, I don't think we'll see it go entirely because people will be nostalgic and they'll always want. You yeah, know, they'll still want to go I see think... Shakespeare at Stratford, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but why? Yeah, but why would you want to go and see, you know, a, a slightly wooden performance uh, somewhere, or 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 even an old film with a slight, you know, something where a few of the jokes don't hit right, and so on. Whereas you could have an AI that knows you better than you know yourself, generating a film on the fly that is ideal for you, you know. And it could even be a case of, you know, a phone call comes in and the AI realizes that you. You're gonna to have to leave soon, and so it leaves it on a cliffhanger for you for next time, because <laughs> it's making it on the fly. It's so perfect to keep oh, you hooked. That is a very I had not considered that at all. That is, I mean, and I, do you know that, what? I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, I, it's I don't know. I feel like it's a little. It's a different thing. It's a different thing. It's a, certainly an interesting concept and i think you're probably right it, it feels like it it verges in towards the so-called you know the metaverse type area in some ways mm. um in, in a sort of we'll all be living in virtual reality and our world will be i guess structured around what the algorithm thinks we might want so it kind of i can see that but then also it always feels like there's that pushback there's, there's always that like oh people people have this weird thing for nostalgia uh you know could it be like the matrix because in the matrix the first version of the matrix was was a utopia and it was rejected yes. it was completely rejected and they had to make this yeah. slightly broken um world of, of the 20th century uh because of it because people needed a bit of something so we could get to the point where AI is so good it's generating this stuff and we almost just get sick of it like i'm so sick of always liking everything all the time <laughs> yeah like, but then if the ai is good enough it'll know that and it'll throw in a few things that are a bit imperfect that we don't like oh that's that not like. a very good joke yeah, yeah but then you know will there be that thing of like anti anti tech you know what yeah anti-technologists yeah. uh luddites who will who will be like no 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 if it I don't want to watch my TV show. I want authenticity, and they'll be yeah. chasing some degree of authenticity. You know, like people. But going back people... to what we were saying before, could it be with with all the fake news and the deep fakes and and all the stuff that's going around at this time? Could it be they think they're watching something that's an authentic, and it's actually just the AI producing it on the fly because it's yeah. sent them a few feeds through to their phone to say that. Uh, that this thing is authentic and old fashioned, and it was this was made by real actors, and it's just complete nonsense. These people don't exist. It could, well, yeah. Oh, we, it's just it's data manipulation on it's, on a whole new level. It's it's that question of is it disrespectful to a person, to an actor or a musician's memory, to digitally add them to a movie or a music video, mm. and 
if it's good enough, you could be like, oh, yeah, I'm watching this performance by, you know, Freddie Mercury. But actually, that's not a real performance. It's yeah. it's it's a fake. It's it, I mean, they've taken it's not even a song that Queen ever wrote. It just sounds like Queen. If you, you think it's a it's a it's a less seen clip, but it's so realistic that you wouldn't know it looks vintage and you think it is and it isn't yeah you could totally get to a point where you you just wouldn't know true it's oh right i think i think we've really exhausted the what will the world be like in 100 years so yeah um, i agree yeah we've we've been left right and center on this one so um should we should we sum up where where we think we are so food environment politics tech do we think we be heading to? Are we heading in hundred years towards a, a better world in terms of food? I think yes. Yeah, I actually, I, I, I think, I think yes. I think with lab-grown meat, hydroponics, I think we can grow the food. If you you accept the fact that protein might have to come from insects as well as yeah, a good I, thing, rather than I think generally, and as long as we can maybe genetically modify crops that are under yeah. risk, so we can keep drinking our beer. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I, maybe. I I agree. I think I think that's utopian world. We're we're heading there for food, uh, environment, climate. Will it be better? I don't think it's. I think I don't think it will be utopian. I think it'll be warmer. But I think if we if we keep trying, I think we there's more than enough energy to be generated through renewables. We don't have to keep but destroying the environment to generate the electricity we need. We didn't even stop talk about fusion energy like the fact that True. that they recently just produced energy for fusion a very small amount but they managed that so there i mean there could potentially be some breakthrough there i reckon it's going to be warmer but it doesn't necessarily need to be disastrous uh i um, yeah I'm, I'm not as optimistic on that I, You're not as I optimistic think, i think we won't see the effects of it in 100 years but i think we would have already passed one of these knife edges that we can't go back on and i think it'll be in the next you know three or four hundred years where the temperature rises become ridiculous and but then you know in a few 200 years maybe the technology will be enough that we will have nanobots flying around who are able to literally just capture the carbon out of the atmosphere who knows yeah anyway, okay yeah. so we're, we're kind of somewhere between middling and and uh <laughs> um pessimistic on that one but yes yeah politics where are we there? Better world? I think we're but we're both very dystopian on this. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we have any faith in no. politics at all. No, today as as it will be in a hundred years, pretty much. Okay, tech AI. Uh, I think. Mm, I don't know. World. I think I think there will be advances which will make life better. I think there'll be advances which will make life worse. I think it's all in how we manage AI. Um, and the technology and yeah I th I kind I kind of think uh, with the current way our systems work I think it's probably pretty dystopian but uh, you know no, I I think you're right I think that that one's going to be middling again there's going to be some great advancements yeah. but there's going to be all sorts of cyber warfare and all sorts although me personally I'd just be very excited to see a AI, AI kind of Christmas film produced that's better than Die Hard I just, I'm not, I'm not sure it could be done. I'd like to see how an AI program would be able to do it. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be a bit more positive, um, positive, positive on that one. Okay. So, okay. So there we go. What will the world be like in a hundred years? Uh, we've talked about everything for hours, it seems. Yes. Um, so, should we, should we wrap it up there? Yes, let's wrap it up there. 
So this has been Philosophical Tendencies, where two humble gentlemen try their best to understand the universe one question at a time. I've been Mark. And I've been Tom. Good Bye-bye. night.